All right. So, yes, as Paul was saying, we did have a ton of fun at camp. Now, watching the video, I'm not sure if you can tell who had more fun, the kids or the sponsors, right? Kids. Kids, okay. Thanks, McKaylee. We learned a lot of things at camp. We learned that McKaylee loves to be on stage because every time we went anywhere, McKaylee was called up to the front. I'm not sure why. They didn't even know Ephraim. They called on you. Ephraim wasn't there. Ephraim's usually the ham always wanting to get up in front, but no, they called him okay. It was a great time. Everybody had a ton of fun. If you see people wearing the orange shirts, that's what it's from. They're the kids that went to camp. We took 38 kids, and with that, we also had uh, 10 sponsors, and I certainly could not do it without them. Uh, We spread it out. We took over different people. We all sat down with a group, a small group for Bible study each day, kind of walking through the Bible verses and really had a great time. If you were a sponsor that went with us to camp, can you stand up? There they are. Let's give them a hand. All right. Great job, guys. Yes, they had a ton of fun. As you can tell in the pictures, uh, there were photo bombs. There were uh, there was all kinds of fun. Uh, there wasn't, what's that? Pizza. <laughs> yeah. If there were any normal photos, it must have been just, Everybody stand still real quick. Even the photo for all of us at the end that you saw, that took a while to do. And so I've got several of them with my honey sitting in the front. Okay, sit here, sit here, sit here. So I knew y'all didn't want that in the video for sure. So, But uh, I've got a couple of uh, sponsors that want to come up and talk about some of the things that they experienced at camp. Carrie, come on up. Carrie kind of helped lead our girls. Carrie, you've been doing this for a few years. So she started when she was 10. No. There we go. That'll work. Yes, I've been going to camp since my daughter, my, old, old, my oldest daughter was in fourth grade, and she's going to be a junior this year. So I've been going to camp with the preteens that long. But I was thinking yesterday when Chris asked me to talk what I wanted to talk about today, and I decided my best thing was to do the top ten things I wanted to remember from camp. It's not in any kind of order or any kind of except the number one. All right. The first thing I want to remember about camp is the food, including the mystery chicken that we had one night. Um, that will be, that'll be remembered. Um, canteen at bedtime with the food. Uh, I don't know who thought it was a good idea to serve our kids, uh, sugar and candy at nine o'clock when bed and lights out was at 10. Uh, that was, we never turned the light out at 10. Um, and the cabins, uh, including the tiny shower that you barely turned around because you bend over, you touch the side and you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) So no, I'll remember those cabins. Okay. And the showers. And the, the uh, mattress that we had to sleep on that I layered to and I could still feel the bottom. Um, the morning activities. Uh, I'll remember. Sorry, I'm shaking so bad. Okay. Um, including the skits, uh, the hands-on crafts. Uh, this is one of the bracelets we made that was really cool to make. Um, I'm selling them as much as they did in the gift shop for eight bucks if anybody wants one. Just kidding. Um, just kidding. Uh, the memory crosses you saw them all come home with, that was really neat to make. Every day we did a special thing from that, a special verse. So they came home with those. Um, and then um, somebody, uh, uh, Robert made us uh, learn Bible verses to song. So that was really cool, uh, to music. And that was really cool to see uh, him teach those. Number eight, the rec time, um, including running all over the field, which at one point I said, I am out of breath. I am not running anymore. Um, but I did do kickball, and that was fun, and sharks and minnows, and we made a baseball human chain. That was a baseball game with the human chain. You saw Mark laying down. That was pretty cool. 
Um, number seven, we're going to remember the free time. We have three hours of free time every day. Uh, they got to do zip lining, paintball, bazooka ball, the pool, the lake, uh, the crafts, beads, frames. Uh, they had a lot of fun, and some of that stuff came home also. Uh, number six, the worship time. We had two types of worship. We had a crossroads band that was the representative from the, um, from the camp. They led the camp. Uh, they did their songs, which was really great. And then we had Robert. He sang anything from fun songs to really gross songs about picking your nose and stuff. So we had a variety. Okay. And I think they can sing That's Gross right now. Um, yeah, see? Okay. Um, what is really cool to see is um, the first day they were all up there and the kids are like, first day, no one's moving, I'm not moving at all. By the end of the week, they're all up there dancing and everything. So it was great to see them. They always want to sit down, like whenever the uh, song is over, but at camp, you don't sit down until the band sits down. And so they had to learn that the hard way because the counselors are up, get up, get up, get up. And by the end of the week, they were all up singing. So that was great. So worship was a lot of fun. Hold on, I'm turning the page. Number five, the weather was amazing. The best time, yes. I have never been to camp in all these years with the weather being so great like it was. We have never had those, those temperatures in July. And I hear we're getting them this week again too, but I don't know if it's going to be as good as ours. Okay, um, it wasn't as cold to get sweatshirts like the youth had to do, but we had enough to feel like I didn't want to go swimming some of the days because it was too cold. All right, so number four, um, we are very proud of this, Chris. First time ever to go to camp, and the girls won the Golden Plunger Award. That was a big thing because 30-plus um, girls in one room with all of our belongings and everything and trying to clean it, we had to brown nose them with a little note on the door, and it worked. Yes. We said, thank you. Welcome to our clean cabin. We also worked really hard as a team, and it helped us get together as a team to work and clean that cabin. Um, couple nights later, before uh, the night before we left for camp, the toilet overflowed in the bathroom, and we were so glad we won the golden plunger a couple days before, because we didn't have to worry about that, <laughs> but Chris came to the rescue, and he's a master of all trades. If you ever have a toilet running, and you've got about a quarter of an inch on the floor, <laughs> he's the one to run to. Yes. He helped us one with that skills. toilet overflow. <laughs> the kids were over there trying to plunge it before I even got called. Okay. Um, everybody blames it on the four-year-old that was in our cabin, but I don't think so, but anyway. Okay, um, number three, the blue team won the spirit stick. We were so excited. That was a great thing. Um, and at first, um, we didn't win it the first day, no, because it had to take them some time to learn the cheer and chant it all over the camp before we won it. So it took them a few days before we could do that. Uh, number two, um, the church bonding that we had, the counselors bonding, the um, kids bonding. We stayed up late at night. Uh, it was good if we got six hours, and uh, we were still on a high uh, for just being there. And so the bonding, we shared a, a cabin, um, both girls and guys with another church. And they were a very small church, but they only had one girl counselor and one guy counselor. And so I'll let Mark talk about the guy side, but the girl side, um, we saw the girls all getting on the bunks together. They didn't know each other before we got there. And getting together and bonding like that was a great experience for the kids because it taught them how to show Christian love to other people that you didn't know before. Even within our own church, we had a lot of visitors of kids that were there. And so it was really neat for them to see. Uh, it was really neat for us to see them just bonding. Some of our kids came alone or didn't have a friend when they came to camp. And by the end, they got phone numbers from the other church uh, bonding with them. So that was really great to see. And, Not just boys um, and girls. It was... <laughs> it wasn't, hey, call me. No, it wasn't any of that. <laughs> How many boyfriends came out? No, I don't know about that. Okay. Uh, so that 
really cool to see. And it, what was really um, neat was it happened, the really biggest bonding was the last day. And so when you got, to, got up to leave the next day, you're like, oh, man, we just started really bonding the day before. So next year they look forward to maybe meeting up with them again. Um, and that was Mound. I don't know what city they were in. Do you remember? It's near Gatesville. Mm-hmm. Near where? Gatesville. Okay, Gatesville. It was a very small church, but it was a great time to meet them. Um, and number one that I'm going to remember about church camp is that three children were saved, and that makes it all worth it to go to camp in the first place. So I appreciate Chris for letting me go, and I had a great time with your kids, and look forward to other years of camp, whether youth or preteen or whatever. Thank you. Very good. Thank you, Carrie. All right. Now, Mark. Now, Mark, we did not win the Golden Plunger Award. No, there's no way we were even in the running for the Golden Plunger. Now, um, isn't it, you know, we don't have Paul Schaefer, but we got Paul Reed. So whenever Carrie David Letterman retires, she can come up and do the top ten. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can y'all tell she's a, a teacher? She does the list, has her list ready and all that. So I don't have any lists. So uh, I'm just random thoughts. Whatever comes out is, is what you're getting. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, how appreciative I am of this gentle giant over here and and go give him a hand. You guys have no idea how hard he works. Matter of fact, he worked so hard that we, this Friday night, we had movie night here at the church with popcorn and everything else. He had everything out there. Halfway through the movie, I look over and I just hear, Chris is completely out. Everything was awesome. And then he gets up and everything was awesome. I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, it was, it was such a good time. And, you know, every, every, this is my fourth year to go, and it's Hanson's last year, so I'm, I uh, kind of we're letting him go on to youth, which is a little bittersweet. But we have Jack coming up, so we get to start all over again. But one of the things that uh, has just really blessed my heart through going, going through all this is just getting to know the kids. Every year, whenever we go uh, – I know generally I know the kids by name, but that's about it. And then we just get to know them on, on such a deeper level and see how they interact with each other. And it's, it, it's funny, Carrie talks about, you know, how the girls interacted in unity. And, and boys are a little bit different. I saw Logan Etheridge and some other kid from another church doing kung fu, and that's bonding. But that's, hey, that's how we do it. Uh, and I don't know who won, but they got the best of each other, and then they ended up uh, playing cards, playing poker a little bit later. But anyway, that's what we do at camp. But listen, I, I wanted to tell you how, how cool it was to see. You know, my niece, by the way, went. Uh, my sister lives nearby, and, and, and uh, my niece got to go along with us, which was really cool. And she got home and told her mom, gosh, we went to church five times a day. It was just, it was all church. That's why they call it church camp. But, uh, you know, we did, they did have a whole lot of fun at free time. But I want to tell you the, the variety of uh, just how they were ministered to spiritually uh, throughout this week. And, uh, you know, all the kids, y'all can do this with me. You know, what, what's the flip mean? We flip our lives by flipping our hearts. our hearts. The whole week, the topic was how to have a perspective um, of Christ and what's important. And, you know, a lot of times uh, how we model to our children is exactly what they think is important, right? That's the list of priorities they get. And it's kind of hard to get through to them on, on flipping their life and flipping their perspective to Christ um, if we're not doing that in our lives. So that's my challenge to you. If you um, are parents of any of these kids and any of these kids coming up, that we 
commit our lives to Christ and really have a perspective of, of service and, and uh, model that for them. It's so important to, uh, uh, to enrich them. I just, you know, seeing them pour out their hearts and, and uh, uh, ask all the questions they did is just amazing. And I just thank you guys for the opportunity. And please um, don't let baseball or anything else, if there's church camp, <laughs> get your kids to go. It's just so important. And it's, uh, it's an amazing how spiritually they can um, really connect with, with uh, others their, their age and their Lord too. Thank you, Chris. All right. Thank you. All right. So, yes, we had a lot of fun. But, as Mark was saying, there was a lot of spiritual growth, a lot of just connection. Uh, and I try real hard to make sure I know all the kids' names. And I make sure I'd, I get to know the kids personally before we go to camp. But this year I wasn't able to do that. There were several that I just had met the first time, either when we got there or that morning. And so getting to know them, getting to figure out what, everybody's got a hot button. Everybody's got a, this is what I love to do. This is what I don't want to do. And so everybody's got that, and just kind of figuring that out between the kids. It was an awesome time, and getting to just spend time with them. These kids are amazing, as you know. They're your kids. And so, so several of the times, especially toward the end of the week, the pastors would talk, and they used the full armor of God. They talked about how uh, we had, what was it? Anybody remember what was on the, on the belt? Belt of truth. Yes, the belt of truth that everything else hinged on. If you don't have the belt of truth, Nothing else is able to hold up. And we got the, what is this? The breastplate of righteousness. That's right. Breastplate of righteousness. And the gospel of peace on our feet, right? Okay. Gospel of peace on our feet. We got the helmet of salvation, right? And what was in our hands? Yes, the sword of the spirit, the word of God is in our hands. Using that throughout the week, through all the different messages and stuff, they were able to show the kids how important it is to follow God, how important God is to us. Some of the things that we comment on last year, hey, we'd love to have more of this. We'd love to have more of that. The camp did that. There were songs where we would go in for 30 minutes. We would learn a song, but if you looked in the top right corner, it was the verse where it was. And so the kids were singing the song. Then all of a sudden, we turned off the screen, and they had to sing the song back to us. They were quoting scripture. By the second or third day, they were quoting it without even seeing the screen. They knew scripture, and it was some good stuff. It wasn't just short ones, or it wasn't just John three sixteen, but it was some really deep stuff, and we'll talk about it a little bit in just a minute. But getting the kids into what it is spiritually, that they are important. At the end of two nights, we had a, we call it an old church, an altar call. We had them, you know, raise their hand if they want, if God was speaking to them, or if they wanted to talk to somebody. And seeing kids come forward was an amazing thing. We saw kids that we knew we had been working with, and one that I had spoken with one night, and I knew he was still working through some things, and the next night gave his life to Christ. And so talking with them and figuring out, going outside, sitting down, and being able to tell a kid, you know that tree over there, how beautiful that tree is? And it was a big oak tree. How beautiful that tree is. You know what it says in the Bible? God created all this for his people. God created this for you. The grass, the grass that we're pulling up and playing with while we're sitting and talking. God created that for us. How awesome he is. And understanding that, you ask them, well, what does John three sixteen say? And they say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I said, wait a minute. That's not your version for tonight. Getting them to understand how to put their name in that John three sixteen and hearing them recite it. 
You know, if it was little Johnny, God so loved little Johnny that he gave his only son. And getting him to understand that God loves him so much that he would give his son for that. You know, it's, that's a, as parents, there was a lot we would do before we ever gave up a son, right? But God gave that for us. And teaching the kids that, that God loves you so much. So many times in this world we're like, they're just kids. But no, not at all. We look in the Bible, we look where, in Mark chapter 10. And let's turn there, if you will. Mark chapter 10, verse 13 through 16. Now, at this time, they're talking, and this is after the feeding of the 5,000. This is after the Pharisees had come and asked Jesus about divorce. You know, when can you divorce? Really testing on some things. Jesus and his people went off to a house, and they continued talking. This was after they had asked, who's the greatest? As they wanted to be, find out exactly what all the rules were. What is the theology behind this? What is exactly... What should we do? What does all this come, to, come into play? So Jesus is sitting there, and then the parents start bringing the kids in. And the disciples are, I mean, we've done it in meetings. I've done it in meetings. No, now we're in a meeting. Wait just a minute. And kind of pushing them back to the side. What did Jesus do in that? Let's read. Mark chapter 10, verse 13. It says, some people were bringing little children to him so he might touch them. But his disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, he wasn't just upset or, hey, no, no, it's okay. Come on. He was indignant. There's one other time we know that Jesus was really indignant and was clearing the temple, right? But he was indignant. He said, no, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. After taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them, and bless them. Now, the disciples were wondering, trying to get all the theology stuff, and Jesus said, you're still missing it. I've spent all this time with you. You're still missing it. Here's the thing. And this was shown to me not too long ago. I was at my parents' house. My parents were over here, as we introduced them earlier. And uh, we were out there, and we were swimming. And uh, I'm in the pool. Now, I grew up going swimming all the time, but I've never done a back flip, front flip, anything, because getting this whole body to flip anything is hard enough, all right? So I'm not doing anything. I'm just kind of hanging out in the pool, and Carissa comes up to me. Carissa's just finished third grade. She said, Daddy, I want to try something. Okay, go ahead. I'm like, she's going to dive. She's going to do whatever. She stepped right out there on the end and just did a flip right off the end of the board. I'm like, oh, no, you're going to hurt yourself. I started getting worried. I started getting scared, and she does it. A little bit later, my four-year-old gets out there. Now, he's got his life jacket on. He walks out. He's going to dive. First time, he kind of backed off. But the second time, he was there. He was jumping in. And you know what? You know what took him to jump in? It was either me or my dad sitting there saying, okay, I'll catch you. He didn't ask anything like, okay, are you touching the bottom? Can you swim? Are you okay? Do you need a life jacket too? You know, nothing. Now, knowing Cade, many of you know Cade, he would ask that. And just to make sure... But no, it was like, okay, sure, we'll jump in. That's what it's talking about. Can we, do we accept things like that? When God says something, well, now wait a minute, God, I kind of need to pray about that a long time. You know, I kind of need to work on that a little bit. You know, I don't know. When God says something to a child, 
come to me. They're coming running. When you tell my son to jump on the diving board, he's jumping in. He's going. After a while, I was like, okay, get back. Just pan that pool noodle. I'll take it. And he was fine with it. He was so trusting that he knew that we were going to catch him. That's the faith that a child has. That's the faith that we see at camp. When we go as leaders, hey, we're going to take care of you. We're going to watch out for you. They don't worry about their safety and security anymore. They just want to make sure they're fed. And sometimes it is mystery chicken, which I liked. It was good. But anyway, it's quantity over quality when you go to camp. All right? So you get that. They want to be fed. They want to have fun. And they want to just get to know people. They won't say that. Boys will never say that. But they do. They want to build friends. They want to have fun. But what I saw them doing is learning more about God. And you can still hear it. I heard it some this morning. A kid humming the tune and singing the words to a Bible verse that we heard at camp. Things stick with them. They're not just kids, but they're people of God. They're so important to God that we spend our time with them, teaching them about God, but also that he spends his time with them. He loves them. He gave all this for them too and how much he loves them in that. So just as the disciples were coming to him, I was saying, no, come back. Jesus, no, come to me. And he laid his hands on him and blessed him. Now, Jesus wasn't saying, all right, bless all y'all like that. No, he was saying, come to me, putting his hands on him, holding him, you know. Sometimes as adults, we would love to just go and sit in Jesus' lap, wouldn't we? Wouldn't that be cool? Just to go and sit with Jesus for a while. And, just, and sometimes we get away in our quiet times and our quiet moments and do that, but sometimes it's running to somebody, having them pick you up. Now, I'm a little harder to pick up. Dad quit doing that a few years ago. And uh, one of my feet, my knuckles were still dragging the ground, you know. So, but sometimes we just want that. And the kids understand that. The kids know because that's who God is. That's who God is to them. That's who God is to us when we get past trying to figure out a lot of the other stuff and just know that God is God. God is the one in charge. So, when it comes to us, what do we do? Do we bring our kids, are we the parents in the back, hey, come on, it's Jesus, let's go. Are we bringing our kids to Jesus? Are we spending time with them? Are we bringing ourselves to Jesus? You know, so many times we get wrapped up in work. How many dads out here are busy at work? I mean, most of us, right? We get real busy at work. We always have something to do. Even if you stick to 40 hours a week, you're very busy at work, and you're always going. You're all, your mind's always somewhere else. You're always going... But do we take the time to sit down and say, hey, I need, to, I need to find some boundaries. I need to find out where God is in my life, where I should be doing what I should be doing, what I should be spending time with, and where are my kids in all this? You know, we're the spiritual leaders of the house. What are we doing for that? Are we being a part of that? Or are we letting someone else raise them, like the church or even the schools? So are we bringing them to, to them? Now, I will be encouraged about a lot of things I've seen in the church lately is, you know, we've had a number of salvations this summer and a number of salvations in the last few months. You know where those have happened? We've had some of VBS. But more than anything, I get phone calls from parents at, at, when I'm at work or at home and say, hey, my kid wants to talk to you. I'm like, okay, either they lost something, I made them mad, or I don't know what. And so, and you get a kid on the phone and say, hi. And you know how kids talk on the phone, hi. Hey. Hi. You wanted to talk to me? Yeah. So you're dragging it out of them. You're like, what did I do? What's going on? And when they say, I accepted Jesus Lord, you're like, whoa, that is so cool. 
Things are happening with the families. Mom and dad, y'all are sitting down with them, making it a part of your life, making it a part of who you are. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, Moses had already kind of given his, all his commands and, and all his warnings and things that God has shown him in his life. And he sits there and he shares with Joshua what, what they should tell the people. And him and Joshua kind of divide up the people. They go out and tell them. And what he tells the people is, you know, here are the commands. Here are the things that are there. But more than anything, this is life. This is not trifle stuff. This is not just stuff you do in your free time. This is not just, do I want to go outside and play or do I not? This is life, following God, following who Jesus is. That's life. That's what's most important in, our, in the things that we do, the things we as a family, the things that ourselves, our personal selves. I'll be honest with you. I get so wrapped up in the other things going on that I'm like, oh, yeah, i got to take my Bible with me. And my Bible may sit in the truck. Or I may not spend time with God that day. Sometimes the day goes into two days, three days. Sometimes we get so caught up with everything else that we forget about who God really is in our lives, about how important that really is, and how important it is to us. Moses was telling the people, this is life. This is exactly what all this is about, is following after God, following his commands, how much he loves you already. We've seen that. They're about to go into the promised land and experience all kinds of different things. And Moses is saying, hey, this is what it's about. It's not just fun and games, but this is life. You know, so many times, uh, like Mark was saying earlier, kids lead, see by example. The things that we do, kids want to do. I was at work the other day, and my son Caleb, Caleb, I'm going to pick on you. He, he likes to be called Shorty now, too, so that's kind of cool. So we already reserved an email for him, shortyseely at gmail.com. He's not checking it yet, but anyway. Uh, we're going to wait a few years on that one. So, uh, so he was at work with me. He loves going up to work with me. I'm like, Why? I like being home. He loves to come up to work with me. And one day I'm working along, and you know when someone's looking over your shoulder, how you feel? Dad, you know. <laughs> You're like, okay, first of all, i got to make sure what I say. <laughs> I hope I don't hit my hand with a hammer or anything like that. But I was sitting at work, and he was, he was just sat there. I was like, what? What do you need? Do you need something? No, I'm just watching. I'm kind of seeing what you're doing. Cool. That's awesome. So I started explaining it to him. I'm doing this. I'm drawing this. i got to get this sewer line over to here. He didn't care about that. He didn't care. He likes to know the toilet flushes when he flushes it, and it goes out and not all over the floor. Right? That's all he cares about. He cares that the water turns on. But it was spending time watching what Dad was doing and spending time doing that. And so he, he sat there watching me. I said, Caleb, how about you draw for a little bit? Because I do a lot of AutoCAD drawing. I just sit and draw and doodle all day. And so he sat down, and he drew his name, and it wasn't just stick letters. No, it was a cursive, C-A-L-E-B. I'm like, man, we got an internship. We're going to get some money out of this kid really quick. <laughs> so he was loving it. He likes going up there. He said, I want to be an engineer. I was like, great, driving trains will be awesome. You'll see the country, all kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> that wasn't exactly what he's meaning. But anyway, but just being a part of it, being there together. As he watches, your kids are watching you. Your kids are watching you. Just like you watched your dad. The things that we do, the people at work are watching you. When I was in college, uh, I was playing basketball. I like basketball. I love basketball. It's one of the greatest sports ever to me. Anyway, (laughs) when everyone else is here, (laughs) it's great. You know, no way you can shoot, right? So 
I'm sitting out there, and this one guy I see, and uh, he's a uh, he he was okay, not too bad. But I kept blocking his shot. Oh, it makes me so happy blocking his shot and having a lot of fun. He couldn't get the ball in the hole at all. And so he's on the way home, and uh, he starts walking, and it was a hot day. Actually, it was at night, actually. And so I stopped. I pulled up. Hey, you need a ride? And I was like, I'm going to rub it in all the way home. Hey, did you get any shots tonight? No, I'm sorry about that. No. So we started talking. I gave him a ride home. And uh, it was about six months later, I was at work. I worked at HEB, and, and I didn't even recognize him anymore. He came in. He said, wow. You're really nice. Like, what do you mean? You hadn't, we don't work together much. He said, well, you beat me in basketball one night. Then you gave me a ride home. You didn't talk about it much. And then I see you, and I see how you interact with other people. I like that. I like what I see. I like what's there. I want to be a part of that. What, what's going on? And so it opens the door for, for the share. Whether you have children, whether you have grandchildren, whether you have just people you work with, sharing what God is doing in your life just by your actions and just by how you live. That's what it's about. This is life. Making it a part of your life. Making it a part of who you are. You know, Deuteronomy chapter 6, we often quote, especially when it's around our children, when it talks about hero Israel and it talks about the Lord and God being one. And uh, let's see. It's in the Old Testament. Y'all are like, he teaches our kids? No. I didn't use the table of contents this time. There we go. Okay, good. There we go. All right. Starting in verse 4, chapter 6, says, Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Okay, all your heart, all your soul, and with all your strength. There's not much left. Okay, so you're loving God with all of this. Okay? These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Bind them in a, as a sign on your forehead and let them be a symbol in your, in your forehead, on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. It's talking about talk about them. Live it. When you're sitting at home with your family, talk about it. Hey, what did you learn in church today? If they say nothing, come talk to me. I'll speak to them the next Sunday. We'll make sure they learn something. All right? So talk about what did you learn? Hey, here's what, how God is working. You know, talk to them. Share, share God with them. Open the Bible at home. Have them read from it. Or even yourself. What are you doing? Are you reading from it? Are you talking about it? Are you living it day to day? Is it a major part of your life and who you are? Just as it said here, make it a major part of your life. Make it your life. I mean, just not very much further. That's what exactly what he talks about is making a part of your life, making it who you are. As I go day to day, there are several things that I do. Now, my drive, I used to drive to Louisville each day, 45 minutes to an hour. If it's snow days, it was two hours, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but anyway, uh, my drive now is about 10 minutes all the way across Wiley. And so the guy, the lady from Sirius called me the other day for satellite radio. And she said, well, you haven't returned our our letters and stuff. You haven't signed up for Sirius Radio. I said, you're right. Well, why not? It's so awesome. She started, I said, ma'am, I'm sorry, but I drive 10 minutes to work. I have time to turn on the air conditioner, turn on the radio, and I'm almost pulling up to work. She said, wow, you're right. <laughs> you don't have any time at all. But 10 minutes to us seems really short, especially driving up here when we talk about, well, how far is it to work? We don't talk in miles. We talk minutes. 
takes 30 minutes. It takes whatever time. That's an important amount of time because when I grew up, there was this town. I grew up in the small town of Blooming Grove. Uh, we, and uh, so we, we drove to Corsicana. Now, Corsicana was the big town. That was a big city. 22,000 people. There was everything in Corsicana except when we went to Dallas once or twice, once a month, once every two months. Not that often, but driving to Corsicana was huge. But during that time, we would be driving, and I don't know if the radio stations were that bad or what, but when I was riding with my mom, I didn't tell you I was going to share this, uh, but you don't have to stand up and sing a solo or anything, so you're good. So uh, she would be riding along, and I don't know, just the radios just didn't play anything to her liking, so she'd turn it off. Now, we wouldn't sit there and talk about all things theological, but what she would do is she would start singing. And she would sing, because he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living because I know he lives. How great thou art. I heard so many in the garden. And when you're a kid, I come to the garden alone because you're wanting to steal the tomatoes before your grandma finds out. We all had ideas about that. But we learned so many different songs. She didn't know she was teaching us. She was just singing some songs because there wasn't anything on the radio. But the things that we do in our life, how it impacts all those around us. You know, I know so many songs out of the hymnal now. Hymnal, those are the old books that used to be in the pew backs in front of you. Y'all probably don't know. That was before screens. So, so yes, they had hymnal. Kids are like, huh, oh, we don't know anything like that. So that was before transparencies and overheads, too. So, but yes, we used to turn over the page. We knew the page numbers because we knew those songs we request them on Sunday night church, but we knew the words already because mom would sing them to us. Grandma would sing them. Grandma would hum them. I had two great grandmothers that lived them. You know, they would not just hum it, but they would live it in their lives. This is something that our kids need to see, something our kids need to see, something the people that you work with need to see, the people that are around you, your neighbors. I had several people come up to me before we left for camp. Do you have any more spots? The answer for me on that is always yes. There's always more spots to go to camp. And they say, good. I've got some neighbors down the street that they really need to go to camp. Now, I didn't ask them why they said they really need to go if they needed a break for a week or if that kid just really needed Jesus. But, but inviting people, getting them involved, getting them to, because they need to see Jesus not only just in you, but they need to see how important it is. They need to understand John 3.16 in their version. God so loved Tiny that he gave his only son. That Tiny believes in him. He will not perish but have eternal life. You've got your own version as well. And if not, I encourage you to ask yourself, why not? Why not? Is God important to you? Where is God in your life? Is it your life? Or is it just something you do on Sundays? Kind of show up and kind of help out. If you're helping out, that's great. But let's spend more time and let's see who is God to you. Is he important to you? And kind of dig into yourself and see. You know, not only that, but as fathers, as grandfathers, as neighbors, what about the kids around you? Are they seeing it lived out in your own life? And are they seeing it as a major part of who you are? We saw that in the kids. I saw that in my leaders. These people are just a ton of fun and a ton of great times to be around. Uh, but you know what? When it came down to it, they would sit there, they would open up that Bible, and they would read. They would share Bible verses with the kids. They would sing Bible verses with the kids. 
and they would spend time with your kids teaching them about who Jesus is. That's what's important. That's what's important to all of us. And so that's, that's, what it, that's what we did this week. We had a ton of fun. But we shared Jesus with kids. We shared it because we loved them. We shared how he loved them far more than we ever could. But how important he was to them. If you can stand, please. We're going to have time, time a word of prayer and then an invitation. If God is working on you, just right where you are, pray. If you want to pray with somebody, come on down. I'll be down front. But think about what is Jesus to you? Is it your life? Hopefully it's not just something you do on Sundays. But how important is it to you and making it a part of your life? Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for this time where we can reflect on what happened at camp, the great things that you did in the lives of these kids, and also in the lives of the leaders, Lord, how we came back just changed for you and how much we love you and how much you love each one of us, how much you gave for us. Lord, help us to focus on you in our lives and live that because it is life. In your name we pray, amen.